booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. Horror at a Texas elementary school. 19 students and two teachers killed after a teenage gunman opens fire. Results of primaries in four states with Republican incumbents securing primary nods, including Pence-backed Georgia Governor Kemp. China and Russia respond with a joint military exercise after President Biden in Tokyo said the U.S. would respond militarily should China invade Taiwan. An ISIS terrorist in custody in connection with a plot to assassinate Bush 43. The suspect who allegedly shot and killed a Goldman Sachs employee aboard the Q train is in police custody. Here's your top five and five. There was a mass casualty incident at Robb Elementary School in Valley, Texas. Uh, this school uh, has children that are in second, third, and fourth grade. Uh, I can confirm right now that we have several injuries, uh, adults and students, and we do have some deaths. A teenage gunman opened fire at the Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, yesterday. Nineteen students and two teachers were killed. The alleged gunman, 18-year-old Salvador Ramos, was shot and killed by an agent with the Border Patrol Tactical Unit, who was also shot. President Joe Biden addressed the nation last night. May God bless the loss of innocent life on this sad day. And may the Lord be near the brokenhearted and save those crushed in spirit because they're going to need a lot of help and a lot of our prayers. God love you. Fox News reporting Ramos allegedly posted disturbing images online via his Instagram account before the shooting. The images have since been taken down. Investigators are attempting to piece together the series of events that led up to the second deadliest shooting in U.S. history. Former classmates told CNN Ramos was bullied at school, referred to as the school shooter. A shooting at the Sandy Hook Elementary School in December of 2012 left 28 dead to hurt. What a great night to be a Georgian, everybody. Incumbent Brian Kemp won the Republican primary for Georgia governor, fending off a challenge by former Senator David Perdue. Kemp was backed by former Vice President Mike Pence and Perdue by former President Donald Trump. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene in Georgia easily won the Republican primary for her House seat. Former football star Herschel Walker, endorsed by former President Trump and Senate Minority Leader McConnell, secured the Republican nod for U.S. Senate. Down in Texas, State Attorney General Ken Paxton won his party's nomination, defeating State Land Commissioner George Bush. The better primary between Representative Henry Cuellar and Immigration Attorney Jessica Cisneros is too close to call. In Arkansas, former White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders secured the GOP nomination for governor. We love the people of this state, and we want to see it be successful. We want to see it thrive. Frankly, I'm tired of watching Arkansas be at the bottom in so many places that I know we deserve to be first. In Alabama, Governor Kay Ivey defeated eight challengers to win the state's GOP governor primary. China and Russia responded to President Biden's comment in Tokyo that the U.S. would intervene militarily should China invade Taiwan. You didn't want to get involved in the Ukraine conflict militarily for obvious reasons. 
Are you willing to get involved militarily to defend Taiwan if it comes to that? Yes. You are. That's the commitment we made. On Tuesday, China and Russia held their first joint military exercise since Moscow's invasion of Ukraine. They sent bombers over the seas in Northeast Asia in an apparent show of force as President Biden met in Tokyo with the leaders of Australia, Japan and India. Army General Mark Milley warned about the two nations back in April. We are now facing two global powers, China and Russia, each with significant military capabilities, both who intend to fundamentally change the rules-based current global order. South Korea and American officials confirm the exercise. An alleged plot involving a terrorist to assassinate Bush 43, George W. Bush. A statement from the U.S. Justice Department identified the suspect as 52-year-old Shahab Ahmed Shahab Shahab. Shahab, according to the DOJ, exchanged money with other individuals in an attempt to illegally smuggle foreign nationals into the United States. He specifically planned to help four Iraqi nationals come into the United States across the southern border to help kill Bush. Dr. David Grantham of the Center for a Free Secure Society spoke to WFAA in Dallas about Shahab's terrorist ties. What stands out to me is the fact that these relationships and these connections still exist and are still fairly strong. It's also speaking to what appears to be a changing strategy of some of these international terrorist organizations to target individuals instead of large-scale attacks. The charging document states that Shahab launched the plot in retaliation of Iraqi deaths during Operation Iraqi Freedom. The suspect who opened fire aboard a Manhattan-bound Q train Sunday killing a Goldman Sachs employee is in police custody. Following all-day negotiations with lawyers and the suspect's clergyman, 25-year-old suspect Andrew Abdullah, a parolee with 20 previous arrests, was taken into custody outside of a lawyer's office before he could voluntarily surrender. Here's New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Uh, thanks to the good work of the men and women and our partners in law enforcement, Uh, We got him, and we got him in a way that he did not cause more injuries uh, to New Yorkers. Abdullah has prior arrests for assault, robbery, menacing, and grand larceny, in addition to three cases still pending. Abdullah's lawyers criticized law enforcement officials for arresting Abdullah before he could surrender in the death of Daniel Enriquez. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mostly sunny skies today are high 68, partly cloudy overnight. The lows 57 tomorrow. Partly sunny skies, the high 66 with winds to 14 miles per hour. Right now, 54 clear skies here in Manhattan. Federal health officials are now monitoring 200 people who've been in contact with the Boston resident who was diagnosed with monkeypox last week. The Massachusetts Department of Public Health has been conducting contact tracing. Most of those people under monitoring are health care workers. The risk level for these contacts is still being determined, though. Dr. Jennifer McQuiston of the CDC Divisions of High Consequence Pathogens on NBC Boston. What's different about what we've been seeing around the world in the past two weeks is that most cases do not have recent travel to Nigeria or to another country where monkeypox would normally be found. Monkeypox, a rare but potentially serious viral illness. There are currently over 90 confirmed cases and 28 suspected cases of monkeypox in a dozen countries. According to the World Health Organization, is stemming from two raves in Belgium and Spain. 
Pennsylvania Senate candidate David McCormick's campaign is pushing for additional ballots to be counted in the state's GOP primary results, according to a lawsuit that was filed on Monday. The lawsuit pushes for counting mail-in and absentee ballots, missing a date on their envelope to be included in the election result. Just last week, a federal Third Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that undated ballots in a county judgeship election from last year should be counted, a decision cited in McCormick's Monday complaint. The push comes after the election last week was declared too close to call, prompting a recount in the race between McCormick and Trump-endorsed celebrity Dr. Mehmet Oz. Pennsylvania Acting Secretary of State Lee Chapman on Pittsburgh's Action News 4. There are so many issues that are happening at one time, so we're doing the best to be as responsive as possible at the Department of State and to work with counties to support them and try to give them clear guidance on what to do in the midst of all of this rapidly changing Um, litigation and things happening hour by hour. Pennsylvania law requires an automatic recount if candidates' votes are within a half percent margin. Oz led McCormick by less than a thousand votes as of Monday. Texas Governor Greg Abbott said Monday that Texas has been forced to fight against the Biden administration regarding border security. Governor Abbott said he wants to flood Washington, D.C. with 450 buses of migrants so the nation's capital can have a taste of what his communities are facing. The governor, speaking at a press event Monday afternoon, said that the cities and towns in his state are seeing illegal migrants dumped off in their communities by busloads each and every day. Joe Biden himself has never even been to the border. We are dealing with a crisis that is man-made by President Biden, who doesn't want to take the time to even come to the border or talk to the governor of a border state. The governor said that neither President Joe Biden nor Vice President Kamala Harris have personally reached out to him to speak about the southern border crisis. Meanwhile, asylum seekers are still coming over the southern border that as of yesterday, despite a judge putting a stay on the Biden administration's attempts to lift Title 42, the Trump era policy allows Border Patrol to instantly turn back migrants. Drought conditions in Florida. California Governor Gavin Newsom threatened Monday to impose mandatory water restrictions if residents don't conserve. Newsom raised the possibility in a meeting with representatives from major water agencies, including those that supply large cities like Los Angeles, San Diego, and the San Francisco Bay areas. Last July, Newsom asked for voluntary conservation, not mandatory. Not here uh, as nanny state. We're not trying to here be oppressive. Again, these are voluntary standards. We have laid out a list of ideas that include just taking a look at where leaks may be occurring on your property, uh, taking the opportunity to update the efficiency of your shower heads as an example. The new mandatory threat comes as the first quarter of this year was the driest on record in California in at least a century. The governor is considering mandatory conservation because despite calls for conservation, the state's water use increased 19 percent in March. Meanwhile, electrical grid operators are warning Michigan residents that blackouts could be needed during the hot summer months. A hurried changeover to renewable energy sources from traditional power plants are at the forefront of this issue. Traditional energy analyst Gary Cunningham spoke to WDIV in Detroit about the types of generators that are likely to cause problems. This time we've had even more retirements of old generators and we're not building enough new ones. And the ones that we are building, 
uh, to be candid, they tend to be intermittent, um, like wind and solar, which aren't always there when we need them. An unusually hot summer in the state will stress the grid with MISO projecting a peak forecast of 124 gigawatts higher than the current 119 gigawatts of available power generation. But the hot weather isn't the only reason Michigan could face an electrical shortage this summer. Traditional power plants are being shut down as grid operators attempt to switch over to renewable sources of energy. Veteran U.S. statesman Henry Kissinger has urged the West to stop trying to inflict a crushing defeat on Russian forces in Ukraine. Kissinger warning that it could have disastrous consequences for the long-term stability of Europe. Dr. Kissinger insists the war must not be allowed to drag on much longer. He stopped short of calling on the West to demand Ukraine accept negotiations on terms that fall short of its demands. In my view... If movement towards negotiations and uh, negotiations on peace need to begin the next two months or so. Kissinger made his comments at the World Economic Forum. 77 WABC time check, 515, and that means it's time for sports with Luke Legrano in for Justin Ellis. Thanks, Deb. Hi, everyone. Luke Legrano here with your early news sports update. Well, the Rangers needed a win if they wanted a chance to stay in this series with the Carolina Hurricanes. Game four took place at Madison Square Garden last night. The Blue Shirts were up three coming into the third period when Carolina got one back off a TV Taravainen shot. But it was Sid Rosenberg's favorite cop who put the game away. Here's a chance for New York, and they score! Cop off the setup by Strom, and the lead back to three. It's four to one. Andrew Kopp's fifth goal of the postseason. Rangers get a 4-1 to win at home. The Carolina Hurricanes have lost every game they've played on the road this Stanley Cup playoffs. But good news for them, they've won every game they've played at home. Game 5 will go down in Raleigh tomorrow night. And while it was a great night in Manhattan, it was even more special in the Bronx. The Yankees were hosting the Baltimore Orioles. And after some back-and-forth scoring, the hero of the night, on maybe one of the best nights of his life, was Jose Trevino. Line drive, it's a base hit, and the Yankees will win the game. He's won the game, and the Yankees come away with a 7-6 win. Trevino's late father, Joe, would have been 69 on the night of his son's game-winning single. Trevino added in his post-game press conference that his dad was a lifelong Yankee fan. For the Mets, they were over in San Francisco to play the Giants. It was a brutal night to be a pitcher. An unusual night for Chris Bassett. Eight earned runs in four and a thirds, inning. 25 combined runs for both teams, including eight brought in by Jock Peterson on his three-home run night. Mets lose 13-12 to in the ninth inning. They'll be finishing their series with the Giants later on this afternoon. For WABC Sports, I'm Luke Legrano. All right, thanks, Luke. Right now, 54 degrees, clear skies here in Manhattan. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mostly sunny day today, or high 68. The overnight low 57 with partly cloudy skies. Partly sunny tomorrow as well. The high 66, light winds to 14 miles per hour again. 54 clear skies here in Manhattan. And Frank Morano standing by with your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. The opening bell rings this morning after Wall Street closed mostly lower on Tuesday. The result of a big sell-off in tech stocks. The Dow turned higher in late trading, but the Nasdaq fell more than 2% as recession fears rattled markets. Much of the downturn was driven by a profit warning from Snap, 
which sent its shares plunging 40%. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones gained 48 points, the S&P 500 lost 32 points, and the Nasdaq fell 270 points. Fears of an economic downturn have been gathering steam lately as corporate executives at the World Economic Forum struck a mostly gloomy tone to match. The downbeat mood among business leaders in Davos matches the outlook on Main Street. According to a poll done for the Wall Street Journal, 57% of small business owners expect economic conditions in the U.S. to worsen in the next year up from 42% in April. Walmart is expanding its drone delivery operations to around 4 million households in six states. The company said that it will be able to deliver more than 1 million packages by drone a year in, as little as 30 minutes to households in parts of Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Texas, Utah, and Virginia. The service will have a $3.99 delivery fee per order and can deliver up to 10 pounds at a time. Washington, D.C. sued Meta Chief Mark Zuckerberg seeking to hold him personally liable for the Cambridge Analytica scandal, a privacy breach of millions of Facebook users' personal data that became a major corporate and political scandal. D.C. Attorney General Carl Racine filed the civil lawsuit against Zuckerberg in D.C. Superior Court. The lawsuit maintains that Zuckerberg directly participated in important company decisions and was aware of the potential dangers of sharing users' data, such as occurred in the case involving data mining firm Cambridge Analytica. I'm Frank Morano on 77 WABC. I'll be back at 1 a.m. on the other side of midnight. Futures this morning uh, in the red for the Dow, down 49 points at 31,831. S&P 500 down three and a quarter points. The Nasdaq's up two and a half points. Gold down $9.70 at $1,855.70. Crude oil up $1.07 a barrel at $110.84. The WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. The New York State Assembly approved a bill Monday that mandates that the MTA have cameras operating at all subway stations and expands its authority to add more surveillance technology below ground. The mandate comes following four homicides in the system so far this year. The bill called Cedric's Law is named for Cedric Simon, the constituent of Assembly member Rodney's Bichot Hermelin, who was fatally struck by a train in 2019 at a Brooklyn subway station that lacked cameras. Simon's death not yet solved. Bichot first introduced the bill in 2020 and revised her efforts to pass it following the April 12th mass shooting on a crowded end train in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. Here's MTA Chair General Lieber. Over time, I believe that we will help with the mayor and the police commissioner's strategy to restore riders' sense of safety, which has been so harmed. The bill passed the assembly only a day after a suspect shot and killed 48-year-old Daniel Enriquez, shot in the chest Sunday morning on a Q train bound for Manhattan without provocation. The suspect's in custody. Facing a threat of federal takeover, representatives for New York City are due in court to present the Department of Corrections plan to improve conditions out on Rikers Island. A judge is set to decide if a federal takeover of Rikers is needed. NYU School of Law Counsel Hernandez Stroud spoke to ABC7 in April about the possibility of a federal takeover at the jail. I think it's up to the parties to see whether or not this will will actually come to fruition. But the judge, I think, will be um, very interested in trying to figure out if there are other alternatives other than receivership um, to bring Rikers into compliance with the Constitution. 
Deaths, violence, and staff shortages have plagued the jail complex. Ahead of this presentation, the court-appointed monitor said discussions need to include a plan to give the city the necessary legal authority to implement any changes. This also comes as the Department of Corrections is shaking up its top uniform staff. Corrections Commissioner Luis Molina said Monday, Chief of Department Kenneth Stooks and Bureau Chief of Facility Operations Ada Presley will be retiring in June and July, respectively. Wardens will now report directly to Molina. New York City is vying to host the Democratic National Convention in 2024. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is entering into a national contest competing with Chicago, Atlanta, and other cities to host the presidential nominating convention in 2024, according to Politico. The last time New York hosted the DNC was in 1992 when former President Bill Clinton received the presidential nomination. Now that we have changed the world, it's time to change America. The mayor's team is finalizing its application ahead of a May 27th submission deadline. And the winner is expected to be announced later this year. And leading the effort within City Hall are Chief of Staff Frank Carone and Deputy Mayor for Economic and Workforce Development Maria Torres Springer. New York's Governor Kathy Hochul signed a bill into law Tuesday allowing adult survivors of sexual crimes a chance to sue their attackers or institutions that harbored them regardless of when the offense took place. The State Assembly approved the Adult Survivors Act by a vote of 140 to 3 on Monday. It's passage a month after the State Senate approved it unanimously. Here's Governor Hochul. Your time is up. Your victims will see you in court, and you will be brought to justice. Thank you. The new law will temporarily lift the statute of limitations for civil lawsuits related to sex offenses perpetrated on somebody who was at least 18 years of age. It provides a one-year window for those people to sue. The one-year look-back period begins six months from yesterday's signing. Meanwhile, Representative Antonio Delgado will be sworn in as New York's lieutenant governor today. Delgado tapped to be Governor Hochul's second-in-command earlier this month following the abrupt resignation of her former lieutenant governor, Brian Benjamin. Benjamin was arrested in April on bribery charges related to a past campaign. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez launched a bid to remake the New York State Assembly in a progressive image on Monday, releasing a suite of endorsements of far less candidates. AOC endorsed a total of nine candidates put forward by New York's Working Families Party, a political organization devoted to social, racial and economic justice. AOC has long supported the defund the police movement. Here she is back in 2020. The New York City Police Department has a $6 billion a year budget. That is more than we spend on youth, housing, health care, and homelessness combined in New York City. And so the problem is not a lack of resources here. WFP leadership in New York called for the party to transform the assembly, kicking out Democrats who have worked with Republicans in the past. Many of the candidates are running to unseat more moderate Democratic incumbents. The Democratic Party already holds an overwhelming majority over Republicans in the state assembly. 
A 90-year-old woman using a walker was robbed in Manhattan on West 64th Street on the Upper West Side back on May 10th. The thief was captured on surveillance video. Police say this 90-year-old woman was not hurt, although the suspect stole her purse. And you can take a look at the video of our that incident as police look for this suspect. It's up on our website, wabcradio.com. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mostly sunny skies today, our high 68, the overnight low 57. Another partly sunny day tomorrow, the high 66 with winds to 14 miles per hour. Right now, 54 clear skies here in Manhattan. Oh, yeah, you know who that is. The boss hitting the road again, and the E Street Band is coming with him. Bruce Springsteen announced Monday that the E Street Band will begin an arena tour. It'll happen in February in the United States, and that'll be followed by stadium shows starting in April in Europe. Details on the cities and the rockers where they will visit in the United States will be announced at a later date. This marks the first time that the East Street Band and the Boss have toured since wrapping up their river tour in Australia. That was back in February of 2017. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.